Welcome to From Beer to the Bible with your host, Urban Lee. Each week, you'll hear stories from Urban's road to sobriety and steps you can take to help you or a loved one find healing through Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, Urban Lee. Good evening. This is Urban Lee, your host of From Beer to the Bible. You can find more information about Hampton Ministries at hamptonministries.org. You can find information about the book, from Beer to the Bible at FromBeerToTheBible.com. We've got a jam-packed show, and I want to get right into it. As we always do, I want to open with prayer. Father, who art in heaven, we thank you for your grace, your mercy, your love, your compassion, and long-suffering towards us. Please remember all of those who are suffering from drug and alcohol addiction, and may they find healing in Jesus now. Welcome, everyone. I got my co-host, Scott, with me today. Scott, say hello. Hey, Irvin. How you doing today? Hey, man. Good to see you, as always. And then we have a very, very special guest and friend of the show, Jimmy Z with us. Hi, Jimmy Z. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, Irvin. Hey, hey, Scott. Hey, Jimmy. Glad to have you here today. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it's it's so exciting because although we are just meeting you, we feel like we've known you from a long time just talking to you off air and you have such a rich and robust testimony. I want to get right into it. So can you take us through your path of addiction to uh, recovery and recovery in the Lord Jesus Christ, who we all love? Sure. And um, for me, it kind of started way back. Um, I'm a redheaded Irishman. So in a war mm-hmm. classes, so You've heard all the jokes about redheads and people that wear glasses. And just as a boy, I was picked on all the time. So figuring out how to, um, you know, defend myself, I quickly learned how to fight. Then soon mm-hmm. tried to fit in. So I started smoking cigarettes. Okay. Then soon after that, it was like, you know, smoking weed and then drinking soon after that. And then that led to, of course, other drugs, you know, down the road. Mm-hmm. But I thought that since I had a phobia needles anyways, that those people that shoot dope, man, they got a drug problem. Mm-hmm. You know, if if I don't stick needles in my arm, I don't have a problem. Right. That was basically a lie. That's for sure. <laughs> but uh, that kind of opened up, you know, marijuana was kind of the gateway. Right. Um, you know, and alcohol helped wash down all the pills that you were taking too. Mm-hmm. So, but in the end, it was just to kind of shut out the world and try to fit in somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, um, but through that, I got sober through a 12-step program um, back in the late 70s called uh, Palmer Drug Abuse Program. What's called PADAP for short, and then okay. went to AA groups, AA meetings. And then soon, once I got recovered from there, then um, the uh, president of the company, he saw something in me, saw leadership qualities in me, okay. and then hired me to become a counselor and then went through training. Mm-hmm. And then did uh, counseling for alcohol and drug abuse uh, for almost a decade in Texas and in California. Uh huh. So that's kind of the shortened version. Talk to me a little bit about your time as a counselor. And one of the things that we see on the show a lot with our guests and we hear from them is overcoming the sin, the shame and the embarrassment of being an addict and the steps that people have to take to surrender. Did you see that a lot um, in your time as a counselor? Uh, you, you do. You see it a lot. You know, everybody has a bottom. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you you pray and you hope and you ask God that you can say something that might turn this person. But uh, sad to say, I'm grateful that I'm still above ground. Mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of people that can end up six feet under, which their bottom is death, and mm-hmm. that truly is sad. Um, but you know, God is a forgiving God, yeah. and He forgives us for our things. But the guilt, I believe, is that's a tough one to get over. Mm-hmm. You know, the people that once you learn how to fight and people pick on you, you know that you can take somebody out, and sometimes you can abuse that, and sometimes you just, you know, try to be normal. But you know, I was always searching for something, something to fill that hole. Mm-hmm. And once I started getting more closer and closer to God and reading my Bible, I knew that in Ecclesiastes, it says that, you know, there's a hole in our heart that we always try to fill with something yeah. that needs to be filled with Christ. Yes. So through all the years of growing up as a kid, alcohol, drugs, fighting, mm-hmm. we try to fill it with something, something that's in this world. You know, the Satan walks around like a roaring lion to seek, kill, and destroy. And it's like he just kills everybody in his path that he can. So along the way in the journey is to try to, um, I went straight out of high school, turned wrenches for a while, Mm -hmm. and then became a counselor. And just being a counselor for this particular program, the thing that other programs were missing that, how do you get young teenagers involved that are doing drugs at the age 12? Right. Which is kind of where I started. Okay. And then you have the parents that are also involved because they're dealing with a minor. Mm-hmm. So through the counseling part, to answer more of that question is, how can we get the parents involved and the kids involved? Because the parent thinks that my child has turned into something else. And then me as a counselor, having been through that experience, try to tell them that you're not talking to little Johnny again. Right. Because Johnny is now on drugs and you're talking to the chemical. Mm-hmm. And it takes six months to 18 months for all those chemicals to finally get out of that person for the brain damage that has happened from the marijuana and right. heroin or whatever your drug of choice was, you mm-hmm. know, and alcohol as well. So what can you talk to me about when did you realize in, in your soul and your mind, your will and emotions that, hey, I need help? When when was that moment for you? That moment for me was, um, it's kind of a dark moment. Um, I was doing, again, another drug deal from somebody that I did not know. Mm -hmm. And uh, we went to an apartment complex. We had a kilo of marijuana on us. And um, we picked up a guy. Then we went to another place. And I said, dude, this is really shady. Yeah. And uh, so he comes back out with a bag. And, of course, I'm a kind of a big guy. Uh Uh-huh. So you always take out the big guy first. <laughs> right. So he pulls out of the bed a, a sawed-off shotgun uh-huh. and says, this is the way I do business. Give me all your money and all your dope. So wow. um, I did. And, you know, feeling the cold barrel in the back of my head. And uh, my buddy sitting next to me, it was like, dude, just give him the, the money that's in your pocket. It was like, you yeah. know, the gun's in my head. It's not in yours. Uh-huh. So, uh, and then at that moment when he left, my buddy was going, just run him over. He just stole her. I was like, I looked at him just, I was high as a kite. Yeah. But at that moment I just said, right now we've been ripped off. Uh huh. If I run this man over, that's going to put me in prison and change my life forever. Right. Right. So God intervened at that moment. And just, so from that point on, I, that was it for me. 
Wow. You, you remind me of something that I often say when I go and give my testimony is that God speaks to us through sin. Even though at that moment you weren't what we would call walking to walking with the Lord, the Lord showed up and he speaks through sin. So I always tell people, if you got a prodigal son or daughter or just a lost loved one, keep praying for them because the power of the Holy Spirit will manifest through their situation, their circumstances and sin. That's a very powerful story. And you touched on something earlier, and this is, something Scott and I actually talk a lot about is that I didn't know my family history. Will you talk a little bit about addiction and knowing what had, what manifests and shows up in the form of drug and alcohol addiction in a person's family background? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, Irvin to answer that question is, um, my grandfather, my dad's father, mm-hmm. he was, um, I'm Polish and Irish. Okay. And um, so they all came over from a boat and they met in New York and I'm mm-hmm. born in Brooklyn. Okay. So my brother and I were both born in New York. But usually alcohol skips a generation. Mm-hmm. So uh, my grandpa, John Adam the first, um, and his last name was Jelinski, which is definitely Polish. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have that name today. They chopped off the ski. But he came to this country couldn't get a job during the depression yeah so there weren't any more poles okay so he chopped off the ski pronounced zealand mm-hmm. and it was like bam he got a job driving a bus okay but at night he um he boxed um illegally you know to make extra money yeah but he he drank like fish uh-huh so um we just knew that um there was an issue there so mm-hmm. my dad never drank um, well, I take that back. He had a six pack of beer that would be in the refrigerator for about a year. Okay. So he never really drank. Usually, you know, around New Year's, some of the neighbors would come over and they would, you know, there'd be lots of cigarette smoke or whatever. And they would, yeah, they would drink, you know, harder liquor or whatever. But, you know, I never saw my parents drunk. Okay. So, um, skipping a generation, it went from, you know, bam, straight to me. Mm-hmm. And some of my other siblings have, you know, had dealt with some of that also. Right. But, um, you know, I think the, uh, the shortness and temper and all that kind of comes from redheads being picked on and, mm-hmm. you know, you're trying to find an identity, you know, pu- puberty hits as a child and yeah. things are changing. And, you know, I went to, you know, private schools and everybody looked the same except, well, there's that Zealand kid, you know, there's that redheaded kid. It was yeah. like, if anything happened, it was like, oh, Zealand kid did it. You know, uh-huh. and I would get in trouble and I would get spankings. And these were the days of corporal punishment. So right, we got spanked right. at school. Yeah, and then again, I got spanked at home. So mm-hmm. I got double spanked and it was was not very fun. Yeah. So um, I, I think maybe I answered that question as far as how that affected from the generations down. Yeah, I, I think that is so important because so many times in our our families and I know from my own personal experience is. I never realized how alcohol had destroyed the men in my family until I went through addiction. Then I asked my mom the question when I got out, like, where does this come from? And she immediately knew the answer. She said, my grandfather. And then you hit on something that spiritual and spiritual warfare is that it skipped my mom's generation, but it got me and my cousin. Mm -hmm. And so we we've seen that. So I think that's important. But I want to talk, you have a lot of sobriety. 
uh, Scott and I both have around the same amount of sobriety, and I think it would be great for you to share how have you managed to stay sober all these years? Well, it's, it's you know, it, it, with the 12 steps with AA, PADAP, NACA, whatever A you, you went to, they're f- in the four steps, mm-hmm. it says the word God. Yes. So you believe in a higher power. You believe in God as you understand him. Mm-hmm. Where the transition happened to me to where I more got into more of Christ-centered program was um, getting married, uh, starting in a Bible church, mm-hmm. and actually reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um and my, you know, my parents kind of freaked out being Irish. Yeah. You know, there's a certain religion that kind of comes with that. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's just um, opening the book and reading it. Yeah. And the coolest thing was that I went to this little church in Mesquite called Mesquite Bible Church. It had about 150 people. And uh, Pastor Lee was um, wonderful. Mm-hmm. He was a graduate of DTS, which I really didn't know what that yeah. meant back then. But uh, we set up chairs and we met, and uh, at the end of his service, he would say, okay, now if you haven't become the Christ, you know, you, you need to say three John 3.16. And mm-hmm. So after about six months, I went up and I said, Pastor Lee, and I said, you know, how many times do I got to keep saying this? <laughs> yeah. And he goes, we well, only need to do it once. And I said, well, <laughs> hey, I guess man. it comes from being in, you know, confession and yeah. having to say Being alcoholics and addicts, we're overachievers and we're everything. Overachievers. <laughs> That's right. That's right, Scott. Exactly. So, and I said, really? And I said, okay. Mm. And I said, well, I'm, I'm starting to read the Bible, starting to more understand it. And I said, you know, mm-hmm. is it possible that a book I've never read and we've been told to stay away from was Revelation? Yeah. I said, would could you preach on that? And he said, well, I'll pray about that. And he said, that's something that when preachers don't normally preach no, about. No, not at all. So about a, six months later, it took us two and a half years, but we went through it and it just kind of opened my eyes right. to something that. I had never seen before. And the more that I read the book of mm-hmm. scripture versus of what church doctrine tells us, yes. there was a big difference. And when you ask somebody from um, a priest, mm-hmm. well, how do you really know if you're going to go to heaven or not? Right. And and if it's a works-based system, mm-hmm. then how do you know that your work is enough? Right. And he goes, well, I guess we'll know when we get there. And I looked at him and I said, don't you think that's a little too late? <laughs> that's a lot to gamble eternity. I it cannot is. gamble by eternity. That's why I love Christ and his finished Absolutely. work on I the think, cross, right? Absolutely. I think one of the things I found in, in that, and I grew up in a Southern Baptist tradition. So, and what was, came with that from a, a religious standpoint, what the steps taught me, and I still remember the guys, my first sponsor said, when you, when you, Cross the gates of La Hacienda, forget everything you think you know about God, and each day ask him to reveal himself to you mm-hmm. and learn who God is. I didn't know God. I knew God of fear, judgment, you know, yep. damnation. Exactly. Uh, what I began to read the Bible and see was there was this God of love from Genesis to Revelation, mm-hmm. constantly chasing his children. And that it wasn't, and when I grew up, thinking I couldn't find that relationship with God. I was looking for God to do something to me, do something, show me something. Right. What I needed was I needed to allow God to do something in me. And Mm -hmm. and that I constantly had to work my faith out. And, and that when I, I look at those steps now and and I'll tell sponsees, you know, as as I've gotten further in that, that first step, that blank was alcohol. Right. And by God's grace today, it's not that right. I don't, I don't 
I don't think about it. I don't have the cravings for it. Do I look at it and, and you talk about your dad having a six pack of beer in the refrigerator for you. And I still, in my mind go, well, that's crazy. Who does that? Right. I mean, right. right. That, that's like 15 minutes. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I know I'm still an alcoholic with that because that's just the way my brain's wired, but that blank's filled with other things. I still have my character defects to work on that Christ yes. is constantly working on. And is it my pride? Is it my ego? Is it a fear of something? Is it what's that I'm constantly being refined? And it's just a constant growing maturing process. Absolutely. And what he, he mentioned the word pride, and that's kind of the biggest thing because right. you guys know that well, hell was created by a third of the angels yes. because pride was the biggest sin. And mm-hmm. it's like, I don't want to do what God's telling me to do. And it's like, you know what? I got this one, God. I'm going to white knuckle it. You know, I've been white knuckling it most of my life until, yeah. you know, an, an accident that happened, you know, about three and a half years ago. Okay. So, um, but to further answer your question, so from coming from, you know, the 12 steps, being a counselor, then starting to read the Bible, going to a Bible church. Now, you know, 40 years later, I'm still sober and don't go to AA meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't smoke anymore. So that kind of has something to do with it also. But the thing is, is that <clears throat> now there are other programs. Uh, yes. I currently uh, am a member of Watermark Community Church in Dallas. Yeah. and um. So Celebrate Recovery was the thing that we had um, many years ago, and now they've kind of merged and changed in their own thing called Regeneration. Right. So, um, and that's kind of where I lead and serve to give back okay. uh, today. So through maintaining 40 years plus of sobriety, a lot of that is just digging in the Word, having my quiet time in the morning. Um you know, the term hitting your knees, I still do that. Yeah. You know, that's always been something that's like, well, brother, have you hit your knees? You yeah. You they say that knees, all man. the time. All the time. <laughs> program, so. Oh, well, also, I want you to talk about the importance of accountability partners, having a sponsor mm. as we get ready to close out this segment. Having a sponsor and accountability partners are key um, because you know that when Jesus was sent here, to earth, put on skin, became mm-hmm. um, fully man and fully God. Yes. That, well, Jesus wasn't alone, was he? No. He, he built not. his posse, didn't he? Yeah. Yes, he did. He, Strong he had his 12. Yeah, yeah. He did. He had his 12. So it's like, you know, he was never alone. But even before Genesis, when it talks about that first sentence in the Bible and it mm-hmm. says, when, you know, it began, yeah. it's like, so he stepped out of eternity, and in the second verse, it talks about, well, the Holy Spirit is hovering. Yes. So it's like, now there's two people. Yeah. Well, and then you go and jump into the New Testament, you read First John, and this talks about this Jesus Christ person. So you've got God, the Holy Spirit, and his Son are hanging out in eternity before they break through time mm-hmm. and create everything that we have here today. Yes, yes. So um, that's what I believe. Well, good. One of the things that I learned early on in sobriety, like the Bible said, it's not good for man to be alone. Correct. And when you're trying to be sober, you need accountability people. You need, you need people around you. need you. the fellowship of mm-hmm. AA. I often put it to people this way. Um, shout out to my AA group at White's Chapel. They loved me until I could love myself. Because mm-hmm. for a long time, when I walked through those doors, I got to tell you, that first meeting— 
man, I'm shaking. The enemy's using everything. And he's throwing everything at me. I'm embarrassed. I'm shamed. And man, those people just put their arms around me and started loving me because to be honest with you, when I got out of rehab, it's only 31 days sober. I, I wasn't, I wasn't in love with myself. I didn't like myself. And I, I certainly didn't know how to love myself correctly in Christ. Right. And I didn't know what I was going to believe. And they kind of just loved me and led me down a path without forcing anything on well, me. And I'll add to that, they, they love you, but they don't judge you. Yes. Right. Cause yeah. they, they all see us the same, right? We've all goofed up in big ways that a lot of churches you walk into and said, here I am, they're going to go, there's the door. <laughs> that looks too messy. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and, yes. and, and the culture we live in, right. My, my life's got to look perfect on Instagram. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's not, it's messy. Well, God yeah. picks imperfect people. Oh man. Does he, does he not? And we oftentimes forget that in the Bible. If you think about the apostle Paul, you think about David. David was a man after God's own heart, but he murdered a man. He yeah. committed adultery. He did. He was scoundrel. Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah you, you think about it, if you really think about it. And I think too many times we're looking for so-called perfect people to carry out God's will. But if you were perfect, perfect does not exist. Perfect was Christ Jesus. He's the only one. And we are accounted, God accounts his perfect life for our life when we're in Christ. And that's what we must always remember. And Jimmy Z, this is, it's just been wonderful to talk to you. And we're going to talk more to you on the other side. We'll be back with more of From Beer to the Bible right here on The Word, 100.7 FM. Finding addiction help is intensely personal. And the differences in options may not be immediately clear. Hampton Ministries was founded with the intent to provide people struggling with substance and behavioral issues with guidance to find the best environment for their well-being and recovery. Our main focus is to help those who use drugs and alcohol to break free and learn to cope with life circumstances. Hampton Ministries provides a rehab welcome kit to provide crucial resources to make their journey a success. Utilizing Lonnie Hampton's principles of character, work ethic, and selflessness, participants learn to hold themselves accountable. We want to help each individual obtain the life skills necessary to live a happy, successful, sober life. If you or a loved one is wrestling with substance abuse and needs help finding treatment or to donate, please visit HamptonMinistries.org. That's HamptonMinistries.org. Welcome back to From Beer to the Bible. Here's your host, Irvin Lee. Welcome back. This is Irvin Lee, your host of From Beer to the Bible. Make sure you support us at HamptonMinistries.org, and you can find the book at FromBeerToTheBible.com. Jimmy Z, it's been great to have you today, and I want you to share with our listeners where they can find help for drug and alcohol addiction. Well, where you guys can find help is happens on Monday night. That's kind of where I lead and serve is that Regeneration, it's at Watermark Church on Kuwait and 635 or yes. LBJ. Mm-hmm. And uh, just a group of people, um, don't let the size of the church intimidate you, but yes. there's a lot of people for men and women. Whatever your struggles are, not just drugs and alcohol, it can be porn or, you know, whatever you dealt with, anger, yeah. control, those are some issues that I struggle with today. And, you know, once you strip alcohol and drugs out of the way and you kind of master that, it's like, okay, 
where's the true sin? Yeah. And yeah. normally for us and for me personally, it's pride. Right. So I get in the way. It's like, okay, God, you need to sit this one out. It was like, bro, you don't need to be doing that. You don't need to be going over here and hanging out with that girl. You know, you're not married. And it was like, you know, I, you know, God, I got this one. You right. know, and it's, you know, you, you want to do what you want to do. But a lot of people change their addictions from the drug and alcohol into something else. Yes. Well whether said. it be food, porn, um, you know, whatever their, their struggle may be. A sin is a sin is a sin to God. Amen. Well, good. We, well, we have certainly enjoyed you. And may God continue to richly bless you and your family. And we look forward to having you back again real soon. Oh, I'd love to. I appreciate the time being here. Thank you very much. And I want to leave you today with the love. I love you. The faith is in Christ Jesus. And the hope is found in the Lord our God. May God always richly bless you. Thank you for listening to From Beer to the Bible with host Irvin Lee. To learn more, visit FromBeerToTheBible.com. There you can catch past episode podcasts and find other resources. That's FromBeerToTheBible.com.